Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. We can talk to him doing Twins Fest and the Caravan. We can talk to him anytime. I love it when we have Jack Morris on here because we can talk about so many things. Jack, I know you're on your way up to the Caravan. Uh, before we talk a little baseball, though, I want to ask you about something that's near and dear to you and the big banquet coming up on uh, on Saturday. And I've toured the facility, and it's unbelievable, and, that, and that's Crescent Cove, which is a place that's near and dear to you, and it um, – it's really hard to go out there because you realize how difficult it is, and it's really important that there's a place like that, and, and you've grown very attached to that facility and those people. Yeah, Mike, uh, I was fortunate enough to be in uh, the groundbreaking, uh, the kind of the vision of the whole thing getting started. Uh, it was really something that uh, came out of the heart of my hero, Harmon Killebrew, and what he wanted to do for kids and in particular, the children's hospice, which we don't really have much of. Uh, we finally built, uh, years later, uh, the first one in Minnesota and only the third one in the country. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful place for not only the kids that are uh, facing end-of-life situations, but their families who are the caretakers and the ones that have so much to give and their, you know, their energy is zapped and they just need a, a break. And that's a place that they can go to get a break. We also are going to be at that banquet uh, on Saturday. That's a, a wonderful organization. If people have not learned much about it, they should really look into it. It's an example of something that started here and it can be replicated around the country. Jack, obviously a lot of attention. Hall of Fame uh, voting uh, announcement going to be on Tuesday. And all of a sudden, maybe another asterisk going forward in the Hall of Fame. We've, we've tried to get through the steroid era. And now what's your reaction to the big breaking news virtually all week long that's cost multiple managers their jobs? It's just starting to get in the players' ranks. What do you think when you hear about the sign stealing and the technological uh, impact of, of that on baseball? Well, quite honestly, it, it makes me sad. It, uh, it just takes away a little bit of my heart because I've always looked at sports in general, and I don't care whether it's pro sports or amateur sports or anything. Anytime that somebody decides that they're going to get an edge and cheat, they know what they're doing. And they should then be willing to pay the consequences when they get caught. And that's just the way I've always looked at all of it. And uh, to me, it's like, why are you afraid to, to perform on the same level? Why are you, competition is the most beautiful thing in the world, to be able to compete. And if you get beat, that's life. You know, it, it's part of what happens in, in reality. So don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. And just say, I'm doing it the right way. And, you know, baseball is in a sad state right now. And they're, I don't know how it's going to affect it long term, but it's its something that makes me sad. Did, did you, when you played, obviously stealing signs is a part of the game, but then there's this code when you go electronic and you go outside the playing surface and all those things. Was it commonplace? Were you guys always aware of people trying to steal signs? And, and can you explain to the, the fans the difference between a legitimate way to try to pick something up versus what they were doing? Well, sure. I mean, uh, 
we always had a coach or a bunch of players or coaches and players watching the third base coach and the manager from the other dugout relaying signs to their hitters, right? So we were trying to always pick up whether it might be a bunt, a hit and run, a stolen base, all those kind of things. And, you know, if there's a if there's a pattern that a coach might give uh, and, and you can pick up that pattern, uh, you know, so be it. I think, you know, is it cheating? I don't know. I mean, that's on the edge of it, but it's really – it's really digesting in a more fair way. Uh, you know, there was always hitters and people on the other bench when I was pitching, trying to see if I was tipping my pitches, whether I would flip my glove down on a certain pitch, whether I'd flare my glove on a pitch. Uh, you know, did I show something in my repetition that, that indicated that I was, you know, going to throw this pitch in this situation. So, you know, that's been going on forever, and it's a little bit more subtle way of doing the same thing, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always been a part of the game and always will be. Uh, for me, if I caught somebody, you know, if I saw a hitter peeking back at the catcher <laughs> while I was giving signs, you know, I could cross him up. I could do something, and maybe the ball would just slip and get him in a kneecap or something. You know, <laughs> it was one of those deals where I could get even, and I would warn guys at second base not to relay signs to the hitter because <laughs> one of these two are going to get hurt. So, I mean, there's ways to counter that, but what was going on in this instance is a whole different level. You know, Jack, we're, we're just starting in the last 24 hours to see players starting to talk about it. Pretty much front office people, uh, manager, coaches level. Now they're starting to talk about the players. What do you think the ultimate impact, impact might be on players who willingly accepted or were part of passing along this information? You know, again, I, I don't know as though I'm the one to be the moral police. All I can say is I'm saddened by it. Um, I, I just think that if you are confident in your own abilities and you're a human being that can accept the fact that I'm going to fail, but I'm going to keep grinding and I'm going to keep trying, then you don't need to go there. Um, and I, in a way, you know, I, I remember somebody trying to teach me how to cut a baseball, how to, how to make the ball manipulated because I could put a slice in it by, uh, you know, doing something with my glove to make a sharp point and I could, you know, have a ball sink. And I said to myself, do I really need to do this? Hmm. I mean, is if I'm doing this, is this something that I'm going to feel good about? And the answer to me was no. And I said, how can I make the ball sink without cutting it? And I learned that instead. And, you know, those are, it's just my attitude. I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Trust me, I've made a million mistakes in my life. But I just, I could honestly hold my head up high and say I played the game the right way. And I'm proud of that because I failed also. And I failed at trying. Hmm. Yeah, I wish everybody could hear what your, your last five minutes, all kids that are playing youth sports and beyond. Jack, you're, let me be the first one to ask about Donaldson because you're going to hear it for the next week on the uh, caravan. Your, your feelings on, on the signing and what does that do to, for the Twins? Well, I was lucky enough uh, when I worked in Toronto in 2013, Josh was there and sure. uh, he he's a different cat, man. <laughs> he's what you want. He's got he's got uh, the grit, he's got the fire, he's got the attitude, you know. You can tell by his haircut, it's different. <laughs> but but this guy goes out and plays the game and he plays it hard every day and he wants to win and he's a winner. 
And so I don't know what he's got left in the tank. You know, the Twins think he's got a lot because they gave him a long-term contract. I hope that's the case because if it is, uh, he's going to bring this team to a different level uh, just because of his, his, his way of going about business. You know, he, he's going to carry himself. He's not really a follower. He's more of a leader, but he's a kind of a, a free spirit in, in that regard, and he's going to beat his own drum. Uh, all I can say is they're, 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 they're really going to be blessed to have this guy on the team, I believe, because uh, he's what you want. He's a gamer. Jack, you're a Hall of Fame pitcher. What do you think when you look at the Twins lineup, one through nine, with the inclusion of Donaldson? <laughs> reminds me of All Star games. You know, it, <laughs> wow. it, it, it reminds me of oh boy, I got to face. Let's see who's going to start out. Rose, okay, Rose is playing. <laughs> I got to face Schmidt. No, no, I got to face. You know, uh, some of the the other great Hall of Famers. You know, I mean. The Twins got a great lineup. I think it's as good as anybody's. You know, the Yankees got some boppers and Giancarlo Stanton and, and you know, some of the other guys, uh, Gary Sanchez and uh, Aaron Judge. Judge. You know, they've got they've got the boppers, but so do the Twins. I mean, I think they can slug it out with anybody, and it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Can they can they grind it out every day? I think that's what John Donaldson brings. Is it's not just a well, today I feel good, and I'm going to spin a couple times and get a couple bombs. Uh, Josh is going to grind it out and get those singles and doubles and RBIs, and that's what this team, I think, needs more than anything else is a day-to-day presence. Jack, you know, starting pitching, obviously, Odorizzi, Panita when he gets back, Barrios. Uh, overall, are you, are you pretty comfortable with this rotation going in, and do you think Barrios can take uh, another step? Let's hope so. Uh, he's He's at that point in his career where he can start becoming – uh, not only the ace of this team, but known around baseball as one of the best in the game. Uh, he's got that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, Hill and, and uh, Homer Bailey, two acquisitions they got this year. Yeah, they're a little bit of a of a, a crapshoot, I guess. Uh, but these guys I've seen at times absolutely dominate. And so if they can find consistency and rejuvenate their career, and that could happen with a team that scores runs. I've been on those teams. I went to Toronto. Uh, towards the end of my career, and man, oh man, I couldn't wait to get to the mound because I knew the guys were going to put some runs on the board for me, and it brought my game up a notch. So, uh, you know, Rich Hill and, and Homer Bailey could be a part of that equation too. You know, Jack, uh, in the first 30 minutes after the news came on Donaldson, everybody went to his offensive contributions. But when they had time to let the story sink in a little bit, they started looking about what he's meant at third base to various pitchers. Speaking as a guy who had tremendous defense behind him, especially at second and short, how much is that going to have an impact on this year's Twins team, what he brings to, to that side of the diamond on defense? Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about the life and times of happy Jack Morris. Uh, <laughs> he used to throw the ball as hard as they could down the middle, and guess what? Sooner or later, you get in the big leagues or you get in the minor leagues, high minor leagues, and those guys turn that ball around right back up the middle. And I got drilled on both kneecaps. I got drilled in the stomach. I got drilled in my forearm. There is no fun in getting hit when you're about 45, 50 feet away from a guy hitting a ball at 120 miles an hour. So you learn to hit the corners. Because if you're on a corner, the ball's going to usually go to the corners of the infield. And for me, on a right-hander, I tried to bust him in, and I said, if they pull the ball, so be it. Well, guess who's down there 
85 feet away when he's throwing the ball. That'd be the new third baseman, right? Yeah. And so he's got to have cat-like reactions, and Donaldson has that. He is a plus-plus defender. Uh, you know, arm is is probably average plus, but it's his glove that's so important, and he can he can he's like a hockey goalie. He just reacts to the to the ball the way a a goalie reacts to the puck. You know, last year when they got to the uh, playoffs, and I, I kind of we we kind of measure them now against the, the the Yankees in that playoff series. And there were guys, including Sano, that had a tough time catching up to the fastball uh, when they got to the big stage. Is that a concern? Can you be a big bopper all year, but it doesn't mean that much when you get up against the aces? Yeah, Mike, and, you know, quite honestly, if you're being honest, Josh Donaldson had a kind of a down postseason yeah. last year. Um, I look at it this way. It's all about when the team is gelling, and you need to gel in late September. You need to gel just before the postseason so that that energy and your focus is totally spot on when the postseason starts. I don't think the Twins were in that situation last year. I think they, they peaked probably midsummer when things were just so much fun down at Target Field and balls were flying all over. Um, and then it kind of it kind of just didn't have the energy, didn't have the focus that uh, they needed then. And, of course, pitching had a lot to do with it, but... Uh, you know, postseason is a different cat, and and you just really got to be so confident and zoned in in order to compete at that level. Jack, appreciate it very much. We'll get you one of those Murray steaks, okay? Got it, buddy. Have a good day. See Appreciate you next you. weekend, but awesome stuff as always. Yeah, great stuff. So appreciative. That's Jack Morris. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.